0: privacy challenges continue to emerge if we thought gdpr implementation was complex then we had ai and when we thought ai was challenging now we have chat gpt it continues to evolve there is no end to it now this is exactly what we're going to talk with our guest today patrick sunan who is the member of dpo pro he's also A certified auditor. He helps organizations with risk, audit, governance and compliance and of course is a privacy professional as well and we are going to have a wonderful conversation with him on the emerging trends in privacy especially the AI and chat GPT and how does big tech keep data. Is that going to kill privacy? Well let's go and talk to him.
1: Welcome to the Fit for Privacy podcast with Puneet Bhatia. This is the podcast for those who care about their privacy. Here your host, Puneet Bhatia, has conversations with industry leaders about their perspectives, ideas, and opinions relating to privacy, data protection, and related matters. Be aware that the views and opinions expressed in this podcast are not legal advice. Let us get started.
0: So here we are with Patrick Sunan. Welcome, Patrick.
2: Welcome, Purnit. Happy to be there.
0: Thank you so much for your time. And let's start with an icebreaker. And maybe I ask you with so much of experience around privacy, how did you get started with privacy? I'm sure it was long back, but how did you get started with privacy?
2: Yeah, it's exactly, I believe, something like 10 years ago, because, well, basically... I have been for the last 20 years an IT auditor, an IT governance, uh, so uh, professional, uh, also giving trainings. And then I had a very um, important customer, which is uh, the uh, Belgium Consumer Organization, where I was helping them on different topics. Uh, especially for the commercial department, but uh, related with the processes. And then the uh, manager of the uh, commercial department uh, asked me if I could help them with improving their privacy. And that was, well, I would say uh, two years before the GDPR was published. And so I did a first assignment for them, and uh, we have been putting in place a certain number of procedures. And we were almost to the end, and then the GDPR so was being announced. I still remember that was in December 2005 uh, 2015, and where there was an announcement, there was an agreement, and so I I said to my customer, wow, there is a a new regulation which is popping up and I propose that next time we meet, I inform you about it. So I presented it and they were very interested and the management was interested and they said, well, let's wait for the official publication and then let's start up something. And so that's how it it's how it started for me. It didn't go very well with that customer for different other reasons, because marketing still wants to well get a lot of prospects and uh, but that's another story. But at that time, so this gave me a lot of insights in uh, well, early 2016, and I contacted a lawyer uh, office, which um, we um, made an agreement, and in order to offer a service, so helping the organizations to put in place. So we worked a couple of months in 2016, and to understand how the deregulation well, just to understand the regulation and to put in place a service offering. We went to meet together a certain number of customers, which were a little bit laughing at us and saying, oh, there's still two years. And uh... But it was interesting to learn that because we were saying we off, we will help you to get compliance. And I still remember very well, well, and I'm an American company based in Brussels, I will not name them, and they said, we are not interested in GDPR compliance. I said, oh, no, we are interested in putting in place those requirements which will avoid us to get sanctions. And we changed our offerings in transforming it in value-adding on one hand and risk mitigating and then in 2000, well, 2017 we got a first finally a first customer because i still remember also january we had a well a new year lunch together with the partner and i said what do we do we stop or go because <laughs> and one year of energy no customer zero euros revenue stop or go we said wow well, Let's still go on for six months because all that effort would be a pity to stop. We got a first first customer, um, which was quite interesting, and then we got second, and then yeah, 2000 uh, 2018 was just crazy, yeah? crazy. And at, at the end, we did we we um, offered our services to 50 customers that's nice and we won some tenders just due to the fact that we had started early and that we could al- already show our experience and that was mm-hmm. finally we were rewarded for the fact that at the beginning we just didn't get any customers but that allowed us to well to, to gain better understanding to improve our our approach and that's sir uh, that's the story started. And then the other story with the, so DPO Pro, because uh, I was not at all involved with the creation of DPO Pro. And then um, someone contacted me uh, saying, um, would you be interested to join so the uh, Privacy uh, Association representing DPOs? And I directly said, oh yeah, I'm very, I'm very interested. So I... I became a member, and then I was contacted a couple of months later because, well, young association, you know, you know also, uh, being in a professional association, it's not always easy to set up governance, certainly when it's a new organization, getting board members which are being involved, I had some experience from the past with Isaac and others. So they asked me if I was interested to help them in order to improve the governance. And and I was, well, excited about that. (laughs) (laughs) This was, I still remember, January 2020, at the same time within the DPO Pro, Uh, We tried to enlarge the scope. We had the cooperation and set up with the um, VBO, FEB, uh, Federation of Belgium Enterprises. Mm -hmm. And our our French sister organization had created a French chapter in Belgium and we took it over. And so that's Mm -hmm. the current uh, configuration of DPO Pro. I also, because to go back in 2018, I'm a trainer in different uh, associations uh, as, a, as for ISACA, but also in France and Paris for the um, IIA in Paris, and they were looking for someone with the experience in GDPR, and so I proposed a training, so I'm still training in Paris. And then they created a community, GDPR. I'm the facilitator of the community. We created a work group. We made a publication two years ago with the work group uh, that I had the pleasure to uh, also animate on how to manage the GDPR-related risks and how to own it now. In French, Mm -hmm. because it's for France. So, uh, so Mm -hmm. that's that's a little bit some my story.
0: That's fascinating
2: (laughs) related to privacy. So you see, life is just based on opportunities popping up because that was not something that I initially intended to do.
0: I think that's, that's what it is about. Keeping eye, your eyes and ears open and seeing what's happening and taking the chances, not knowing what will what it will shape up. I mean, I had a very similar thing, but I started one year almost when the GDPR came in and I was in a group and they were saying, there's a data project. And I said, I looked in and I said, why do we do want to do it in the group? Then I looked into the GDPR and I had the similar story, but I chose to do it in a corporation and then I wrote some books and that's where... Then after a few years, I became an entrepreneur because there's much more opportunity and the need to share your experience and knowledge with others. And that's what you're doing. And yes, uh, we all contribute to the organizations. But one thing, like with your experience, I like to ask you, there are some people and let's talk about people because then the GDPR is for people, individuals. And we said there is this big tech, big surveillance that is happening. Everyone has our data, the Googles, the Facebooks, the Amazons. They have our data, Netflix also and others also. They have our data and now it is too late to protect it. Now, in all this situation, and of course, there are always pessimists and uh, optimists. Uh, I mean, just because they have data, in my view, you don't need to say that now we don't need to protect data. You can still do something about it. It's like... uh, a thief comes to your house, and you say, "Oh, now he has uh, has the belongings." Let let's not chase him. You still go to police and ask ask to correct correct things. But what's your view on this uh, big tech having all the data, and it's too late?
2: Well, too late. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, I'm I'm someone who's yeah sometimes dreaming. Yeah. I'm. <laughs> optimistic in saying that uh, and, and that's also within within dpo pro we have been discussing quite quite a lot on how to how to contribute to that and what we well try to do is to show by example within our association that there are other solutions we have launched an interactive platform and I see some organizations we are which are using American platforms which are not really compliant with GDPR we have opted for a French platform where we have been checking compliance with we have been using a video conferencing tool also not zoom because we were not confident about that. Um, so, uh, in order, well, to show that there are solutions. Huh? So, well, for for video conferencing, we now recently decided to go to the, the Microsoft solution with Teams because we we believe that they are at least putting in place so a lot of a lot of safeguards. Probably not totally perfect, but we Europeans are probably well relying too much on the solutions of others. I I heard and yeah today, and very surprised also. Yeah, this was this morning that I heard. Well, the um, the patterns which are being um, so related to artificial intelligence. And I believe we are going to speak about that also uh, here. Um, Do you know uh, which country has more than half of the patents which are related to artificial intelligence?
0: My guess would be, it'll be China or?
2: It is China, exactly. (laughs) 52% 52% Wow United States 17% wow. Europe 4% okay it's dramatic yeah, if you see well, it is dramatic this is dramatic because we are missing opportunities which is something of the future we are not I don't know we are not doing research so Maybe it's too late, Uh, I do not have the answer, but we should be much more proactive, and I I still hope that Europe, the European Commission, European Community, will do a certain number of things. I believe that GDPR, in that sense, is something positive, because, a lot of people I still remember in those uh, the period of 2018 um, uh, organized also with the Gouverna uh, the governance uh, organization an event on uh, mm-hmm. what should board members know about GDPR. There was a lot of discussion about is that really meaningful or is this just creating a lot of administrative um, burden, red tape for the organizations. And I do not believe it's red tape. It's really a trial to improve things, maybe not always in the best way. When you read the regulation, 265 pages, sometimes it's heavy, but... And we see that other countries in the world are improving, also their privacy regulations, being inspired by California, even a country like Brazil. I was very surprised coming back to the consumer organization in 2018, because they are having also, they are also having consumer organization in Brazil. And, um, I read the uh, privacy regulation and they, well, it was very largely inspired by GDPR but explaining it in a much simpler way. <laughs> so I said, well, there are other ways to to well at least explain. I don't know how it has been implemented in a country like like Brazil. So I still believe that we Europeans, well, probably we should invest more, we should put more money in the research, we should, uh, well, if you we look now at uh, cookie, the cookies discussions and the issues, try maybe to come up with alternative solutions. Yeah. and. Um, for sure that there are alternative solutions, which should not always be in the position of saying, well, that's not good, that's not the way to do it, but rather come in a more positive action by showing, look at last year or two years ago, we had to organize our board elections uh, virtually, digitally, and we have been looking at 10 different tools. And we finally selected a Dutch so, tool, which is fully compliant with GDPR. So yeah. there are solutions, but yeah, it's so easy to say people know about one product and people yeah. pick it up. And there's still a lot of work to um, just educate them. Huh? Um, Yeah, I I think it's about
0: knowledge and it's also about uh, being open to other solutions. It's not that other solutions are not there. Maybe they are not so popular. Maybe they are not so advanced. It's like you mentioned GDPR. Uh, It it was a first initiative. So, yes, it would need to improve. But if you create a version 2, 3, 4 or 10, as it happens in Brazil, maybe, uh, then it's always easy to simplify because you have a basis which is there. But to build the basis, that's the challenge. And that's what uh, GDPR has done. And when you say be open to innovation, then how can we not talk about AI and chat GPT and so on in the modern world? Because the technology is moving fast. And as technology moves fast, as innovation happens, there is a lot of artificial intelligence. There's technology like chat GPT, which then we are having concerns around, is it privacy compliant? Is it not privacy compliant? So there's one simplistic way of looking at it, saying, what is ChatGPT? It's an advanced engine, search engine, which can understand me like a human being. So rather than talking to a machine and saying, uh, I want a privacy expert, I say, I want a privacy expert in Brussels, and then your or my name comes up. So it's intelligent. So it doesn't rely on search engine optimization. It relies on some more elements. That's one way of looking at it. Second is, of course, it's collecting a lot of data from the web. And uh, we are going to have a new age wherein things are going to be more uh, people are going to copy. And then how will the students be judged when uh, they have copied it from chat GPT or from their head? So there are different dimensions. But what is your view on chat GPT, artificial intelligence, this new tech that's coming up? Because it's creating a lot of noise and nobody knows at the moment what it can do and cannot do. Because AI, when we say AI was also there 50 years ago when the first computer came sure. the concern on privacy was also there. Uh, I think thousands of years ago when Socrates or Aristotle were there, they sure. started writing it on, pa- on paper or in books. And the guy said, we are killing human intelligence because we will start to write on books. Nobody will remember. But now thousands of years later, still we do remember the technology didn't kill and we are so advanced so same thing with chat gpt it will make things better make things e- evolution but what's your view
2: well first maybe just a reflection on the human being huh? every well first of all we cannot stop technological evolution huh? and so it is a good thing in essence But it's always what the people are doing with it. Look at nuclear energy. It's contributing to create eh, alternative ways of generating electricity or even in medical. But then on the the other hand, yeah, people have created the nuclear weapons. So, and I believe, yeah, it will be the same here with the artificial intelligence. eh? So because on one hand, for sure, it's a fantastic opportunity in order to help us, and I'm sure that on the other hand there will be people who will be abusing of it in order to. Um, the, well, we have seen uh, so the, the uh, concerns which have been expressed by a certain number of well-known people in the United States, uh, even the 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 boss of uh, OpenIA, which is himself concerned uh, about how so uh, chat uh, GPT will be used, or Elon Musk, and so so requesting that a regulation comes up in in order to ensure a correct usage. uh, So, so, yeah, it, it will depend a lot on how are we as human beings as uh, so able to create a framework, an ethical framework, an ethical environment for a correct usage of it? Students, yeah, try to cheat by creating their uh, so uh, uh, reports or um, no it's not always easy to identify it's also uh, i heard also a very word a story so recently this is what maybe I, I i don't know it's totally real it's a journalist who was also trying to find out the positive and negative things and one of the trials he did was he was looking for help on suicide and so the first um, input he got from uh, chat gpt were things in order to help him but then he was insisting and saying yeah i'm, I'm fed up with my life and so on at the end the uh, well the recommendations were going in the way to Say well, maybe you should do it. <laughs> and that's something uh, worrying. Eh? So, People where worries. where is the the respect of our fundamental rights and freedom? How can we ensure ethical behavior? It's um, that is the important thing. Eh?
0: indeed i think the most important thing is principle based ethics based approach the ai regulation gives us that the gdpr gives us that if you apply that appropriately and effectively then you're okay but as you mentioned with the nuclear energy you can use it to create bombs you can create it for production of electricity or anything else what you do with it is a choice and yes if it is hacked a nuclear plant is hacked or destroyed even if it's producing electricity then it has consequences. So more powerful a tool, the more risk it creates, but the more responsibility it demands. And that's where AI wow. and chat GPT are. And that leads me to the other question. So your organization, DPO Pro, is helping people navigate these challenges, the big tech challenges, the privacy challenges, AI challenges. So how can people become member of DPO Pro? Yeah,
2: Coming member, that's quite easy. Yeah? So that's just, if you, or a DPU or you are involved in privacy-related matters, you just pay an annual fee of 195 euros to become a member. So becoming a member, that's not complicated. All truth, all truth, that's maybe not totally true for people or DPOs working in the public sector because some of the public organizations are apparently not always that pleased that the dpus would become or become a member of our associations but okay that's that's also another story,
0: that's now another the, story but uh, the fact is okay you become a member so then what then what do you get
2: yeah because to come back uh, so probably we are not enough Today, in providing that kind of help, assistance, information, to, in order to create that ethical environment for just an adequate so treatment of all personal related data, we are still too much today in providing information on how to implement gdpr is it through legal aspects or technological aspects or providing news on um, the gu- additional guidelines which are being provided by the european data protection board or the uh, data data protection uh, authorities mm-hmm a thing where i believe we are offering something useful is with the dpo connect which is an interactive uh, platform not only for our members because the forum which is the discussion part is open to everyone for free and and uh, for the time being will be will remain free for everyone and we see that people are asking questions and asking for advice from other DPOs. So that's really an opportunity where people can just explain day-to-day issues that they are encountering and getting help from or advice from other DPOs. And we are, while also ensuring well, a certain form of confidentiality because we have an agreement with our data protection authority that none of the staff members will be users of the platform because that could be sometimes annoying for someone who's explaining some non-compliance issues and looking for solutions. So we should not be a provider of that kind of information to our data protection authority, and we have that, so trusted relations uh, with, with them. We are trying also, well, to differentiate ourselves compared to, because yeah, we are not the only ones uh, who are promoting privacy. Isaac has also, uh, you having also, and privacy and providing interesting topics and uh, bringing knowledge and uh, useful information to the members. What we try to do now is to be more in our role of being the professional association. What does that mean? Representing the DPOs. And a first step that we are now finalizing is the creation of a code of deontology. And well we still are working on it because well we're happy to see that members are having remarks and uh, relevant remarks and so, so that gives us the opportunity to further to further improve and to come well we're having a first version Coming with a uh, second version, and then we will see by practice how we can further Im- Im- improve it. Huh? So, and there are still a certain number of areas where we would like to be helpful to the DPOs. We still, well, uh, find it pity that there is no kind of real certification for data protection officers yeah. a lot of organizations are offering training a lot of saying certified dpu certificate at the end of the training. today there is no certification yeah. in Belgium because the data protection authority has not put in place in some other countries like in france there is an official certification Yep. That's one of our priorities, we cannot do it alone. The data protection authorities still says no way, we, we will not going to do it, we will not be able to do it alone. But that's still, so we're having a certain number of areas where we believe we can make the difference compared to other organisations, bring something added, added value for the DPOs and also protecting them because today everyone can say, I'm a DPO, so uh, you can use my services. And uh, there are a lot of excellent uh, companies offering professional services. But unfortunately, as in any business, there are also some people who are not professional. And that's where we we should help also to make that uh, that, that difference and support the real professionals so uh, in our uh, environment huh? so other things are well huh? and I believe it's also interesting to mention and uh, the partnerships and also with ISACA because that's also contributing by exchanging information. Mm-hmm. beyond not specialist in in security or in cyber security or in or in audits you are, and vice versa. We we invest in in private, private, specific privacy-related matters. So by by doing things together, I believe we created we create together added value for members of both, organizations, of both associations. That's also something we believe is uh, quite uh, important.
0: I think that's certainly important, and I'm glad you're making that difference to DPOs in terms of providing support and in a trusted way. That's very important. But uh, it's a good association. I must say the DPO Pro and also the DPO Connect platform is very useful for DPOs and very helpful. Uh, And everyone must consider it and everyone must join it. That's very important. I'm happy. And, and the events the wonderful events you organize they are also very helpful so uh, in essence of time i think uh, what would be your one final message to the privacy community that you would like to pass and before we say time
2: well the message the, the message would really be because there's still quite a lot of uh, privacy professionals maybe due to lack of time but also maybe not always knowing what is available so that there are quite already a lot of information that we are able to share and and to help them to improve and that we are also open to the uh, to the privacy community to create work groups together so If today we are not really doing it, it's because we do not have enough people who are really interested to, or which are not aware, that maybe they could uh, so uh, contribute to a work group. And that could be sectors related work groups. Think about healthcare, think about uh, other other sectors, could be more topic-related. Re- uh, so let's all together work to further to further improve and uh, by yeah. contributing together.
0: Yeah, I think together we improve. That's the most important thing. Yeah. By, all, one, by oneself, we know what we know, but with the collective knowledge, that's where we gain. And when there are more people in a community, in an association, that's when the real value comes along. And with that, I would say thank you so much, Patrick, for sharing your thoughts, insights, and inputs.
2: It's a real pleasure for me, and as the 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 Belgium devise union makes great force, eh? l'union fait la force. <laughs> so that's also by working together. So as a community. So and also for you. Eh? So a lot of a lot of success in your professional uh, undertakings and uh, so uh, there's so many so many opportunities still to further develop so uh,
0: sure let's keep collaborating
2: for sure with pleasure with pleasure
1: thanks for listening if you liked the show feel free to share it with a friend and write a review if you have already done so thank you so much and if you did not like the show Don't bother and forget about it. Take care and stay safe. Fit for Privacy helps you to create a culture of privacy and manage risks by creating, defining, and implementing a privacy strategy that includes delivering scenario-based training for your staff. We also help those who are looking to get certified in CIPPE, CIPM, and CIPT through on-demand courses that help you prepare and practice for certification exam. Want to know more? Visit www.fitforprivacy.com. That's www.fit, the number four, privacy.com. If you have questions or suggestions, drop an email at, at fitforprivacy.com. Until next time, goodbye.